give you glory, Lord. Oh, come on and give him glory. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy, God, to receive majesty, glory, and honor, God. And we give you praise. We give you honor, God, this morning. Oh, God, we bless your holy name. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for raising up on the third day. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking the chains that once bound us. Oh, God, we can be free mentally, emotionally, socially, financially. The Bible says in your word, God, that he whom the sun set free is free indeed. And we bless you this morning, God, for setting us free in every area of our life. And but God, it's because of what you did on the cross. Jesus is that we are free. We are free. Oh, just bless God. If you know you are free today. Oh, God, we thank you for freedom today, God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be free. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be delivered. It's because he defeated death is why we are delivered today. Hallelujah. So we sing glory to your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I just want to stay right there and worship him a little bit more this morning because he is worthy. He's worthy, people. He is worthy, worthy, worthy this morning. So we give him glory. We give him honor. We give him praise. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place this morning. God, break the yokes, God, off of your people this morning. Destroy everything that's not like you, God. Burn up the dross, God. Burn up everything that's not like you this morning, God. We say, Holy Spirit, come on in and have your way. Sweep the place, God. We bless your name this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name, God. We bless your name, God. We bless your name, God. We bless your name. Oh, we worship you, God. We thank you, God, for your sweet presence in this place this morning, God, where we can rest in you, God. Oh, God, we bless your name. We bless your name, God. Oh, God, we thank you this morning, God. Oh, God, we bless your name, God. We bow down in our hearts before your presence this morning, God, and we say, have your perfect way in us, God. Oh, God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We extol you. Oh, God, we lift your name above high in all the earth, oh, God. Oh, God, you are high and lifted up this morning, and we bless you, God. We bless you past flesh, God. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and praise, God. We worship you this morning. Oh, God, we never get tired of worshiping you, God. Oh, let your spirit have his perfect work and way in us this morning, God. We bless you. We honor you. And we praise your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we bless you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Mm-hmm. We say glory to your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Oh, just bask in his presence a little while longer. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. We bless your name. Glory to your name. We lift you up. Oh, God. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you would just begin to magnify him right now. Everything that's been breaking you down, God will build you up in that area. Hallelujah. We magnify you. We magnify you, God, this morning. You are worthy, God. We magnify you, God. Glory, glory, glory. There's none like you in all the earth, God. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. We worship you. Glory to your name. Oh, we worship you. to your name Ooh, we worship you glory to your name God hallelujah glory to your name Glory to your name, God. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory to his name. Amen, amen. I don't know about you, but I love the presence of God. There's an old song that says, there's a sweet, sweet presence in this place. And I know that it's the presence of the Lord. And I bless him for that. Hallelujah. Grab your Bibles this morning, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you still want to worship, you just go right ahead. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to Proverbs 23, 7. Say amen when you're there. Glory. The title of this message is, You Cannot Curse What God Has Blessed. Amen. You can't curse what God has blessed. And Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You may be seated. Now, one of the things I'm going to talk about this morning, and this has a lot to do, everything to do with the resurrection. Number one, our thoughts govern our motives, our desires, and our feelings and our actions. And Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And God wants us to keep our mind stayed on him. Why? Because we trust him. Amen. When you look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Everybody say, all thine heart. All. Not a little bit of your heart, but God says, trust in him with all thine heart. And you know what? When I look at that scripture, it makes me think of Jesus and what he did. And when he defeated death, hell, and the grave, I have to trust in my heart that everything that he says is mine is mine. Amen. And it goes on to say, lean not to thine own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. How many of us want to be led by the spirit of God? Yeah. The Bible says that for many as are led by the spirit of God are who? Yeah. 
sons of God. Amen. So if we're doing our own thing, then we better check who our daddy is. Amen. So we literally have a choice whether or not we take the word and believe it and apply it to our lives. We have a choice. Or do we let situations and circumstances and let, do we let that dictate how we feel and live based on our thought process? An apostle has been teaching about grave clothes and she's been talking about how so a man thinks in his mind, so is he. And once you think it and you internalize it, you literally become what you think. There's also an old saying that says you are what you eat. You know, we eat a lot of garbage. We're going to look like garbage. We eat healthy. We're going to look healthy. If we put the word in us, we're going to look like God. Amen. As long as we're walking according to his word now one of the things that i want to talk about today is you know life happens and we're human but it's what we do with our humanness that really will determine where we're going to end up are we going to react or are we going to the bible says it's not what goes into what goes out of a man that defiles him but it what comes out of his mouth amen and so let's look at king balak king balak and i'm going to be talking about balak and balaam this morning and king balak he had an issue and he saw uh what israel did to the amalekites excuse me the amorites if you turn over to numbers chapter 22 and all of this is going to tie in because when god has blessed you i don't care what no man does says tries what witch warlock none of that you cannot be cursed if god has already decreed the blessing upon your life and many people don't get it because there's a struggle there's some resistance in your life but that does not mean that you're cursed this does not mean that god has not blessed you one of the things about King Balak is he got his people into a situation, if you will, because of his wrong way of thinking. He was thinking wrong. He said, well, how was King Balak thinking wrong? If you look in the Bible, it's that God told the Israelites not to mess with them. But King Balak, he saw that the Israelites were camped around about Moab and he got scared. He started thinking and devising in his mind. He said, you know what? They're here. They're going to come. I know what they did to the Ammonites. And so in his mind, he began to see defeat. And God has already broke the curse of defeat off of your life, my people. But he said, Balak said, in his mind, we're defeated. And many times, We'll see something that's insurmountable to us and we'll say we're defeated. But God has already blessed you and the enemy cannot curse what God has blessed. And another thing that happened is he's got his people into a situation because of his wrong thinking. He saw Israel camping near the territory and that frightened him. The Moabites, everybody, if the leader is scared, the people are going to be scared. If you're in your household and something happens and fear grips you, all of a sudden you begin to see danger and disaster. And that's what not God has said. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So what happened was Balak said, let me go find somebody to curse Israel because they done got too close to my territory. They're too close. And, you know, the, they were a small in number, but the Israelites were millions. And so he was going off of what he saw. And so he knew that they could not defeat the Israelites because he knew that God had blessed them. How many of us know in here that God has already blessed you? If God has blessed you, the enemy cannot curse you. The enemy can't curse you. And so he went and got all Balaam. He went and got Balaam, you know, and when I was reading that story about the, uh, how he got him, he sent people to Balaam. Okay, go. And that's about three, 400 miles. They traveled to go find somebody to come and curse the children of God. I don't care where people come from. I don't care how far they come. If God has an anointing on your life and given you authority in the kingdom, there's nothing that the enemy can do to stop what God is doing in your life. But see, the king of Moab, he didn't get it. Balak didn't get it. He didn't get the fact that God had already blessed the Israelites. He had already told them, don't mess with them. But he got scared, so he went and got Balaam. The first time he sent the people to Balaam, I'm going to give you this and that. And Balaam said, well, let me go and let me go pray about it. Let me go and, and seek the Lord. And God told him, do not curse them because they're blessed. How many times have we gone and sought the Lord on something and God has told us what not to do, but because we don't want to do what God has said, we got to go seek him one more time. 
We got to go back and see if that's really what God has said. Look at Numbers chapter 22, verse 2 and 3. It says, And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw that all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and that's what struck fear in his heart. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And so then that's when he sent the man to Balaam to go get him to curse him. The spirit of fear caused Balak to call for Balaam. 300 miles to get there. Now, when you look at the name Balaam, that means devourer. And Balak, his name means devastator. So now you have a devastator and a devourer joining to stop Israel from going forward. How many of us have had situations in our lives that seems like everything is being devoured in my life? Everything is being stopped. I can't move forward. There's devastation here. But how many of us know it don't matter because if you're blessed, the enemy cannot curse you. You may come up against resistance, but the enemy cannot curse you. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. If you look in Luke chapter 22, 31 and 32, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. In other words, I know you're going through some stuff. I know it's stuff coming up against you, but the Lord says, I've already prayed for you. When Jesus went to the cross, it was finished. We didn't have to suffer. We don't have to strain. We don't have to be stressed out unless we choose to. I had a situation come up this week and I could have blew up. I could have defended myself. I could have did all this stuff. But then I remembered the sermon that apostle said, it's what come out that's going to defile you. It's what's come out. What comes out of us is what will ruin your witness. We can be saved, holy, filled with the fire and speaking in tongues. And one thing can happen. And your whole witness is shot down. And so what is God saying? I already prayed for you. (laughs) Glory. So the king sent for Balaam with rewards of divination in their hands. And you know what? People know if you can be bought for a price. Why did that king send a reward of divination to Balaam because he knew he can be bought. He had a reputation of selling out. And unfortunately, many people in the body of Christ, when it gets tough, when it gets uh, toe up, when things don't look like they working like they should, we sell out. We sell out. We lie. We cheat. We steal. People cheat on their taxes all the time. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, if I just put this zero up here or take two zeros off, then that means I'm going to get more back or I ain't going to have to pay. God is saying... I know where you can be bought at. When he sent them with the rewards of divination, he knew what would get Balaam's attention. What's getting your attention today? Is it Christ? Is it living holy? What will cause you to fall? The enemy knows what will cause you to leave God, and the enemy will send people, and if he can't get you one way, he will try to get you another. If he can't get you to denounce Christ like, the, like they did in the Bible, if they couldn't get the Israels defeated and cursed, what ended up happening? They uh, messed them up with sexual sin. That was a weak spot. If you look at uh, 22, verse 12, by the time Balak got there, It says, and God said to Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. So he told him, don't go. They blessed. You're going to be wasting your time if you go up there. And I've already blessed these people. But he wanted to do what he wanted to do. See, when you got something to prove, when you're trying to have the see me, hear me, be attached to me syndrome, you want everybody to know your name. You want everybody to know that I'm the great prophet. When I speak, things happen. No, 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 no. When God moves through a person, they happen. Amen. Hallelujah. So in verse 13, it says, And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you up in your land, for the Lord refuses to uh, let me go with you. Now, you know what? Right there, he told a half truth. He told a half truth because it says, God said to Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. He didn't tell the whole story. He just told them that God said, I can't go. But he didn't tell them why God said he couldn't go, which was the reason why they were there anyway, because Balak wanted them to come and curse God, come Balaam to come and curse God's children. But he didn't, he left that out. I wonder why he left that out. 
Why did he leave that out? That's kind of what you call deceptive, ain't it? If you look down in verse 20, it says, And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call these, rise up and go with them. And see, this is like a repetitive thing going on. Now think about it. They have traveled 300 some odd miles one direction. Then they had to go back to the king. Now, you know, driving uh, 70 miles an hour, 300 miles, that's quite a little track. And so if they on foot and horses, you know it took a little while for them to get back to the king. And then the king sent them back. Now go back again. In verse 20, and God came to Balaam at night and said unto him, if these men come to call thee to rise up and go with them, but yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt do. Okay. And so then we have him going back to God after God told him again, the men came back and God says, if they call him now, that whole uh, situation about he went up and God got angry with him. Why did God get angry with him? Because if you look in the Bible, it says that God's anger in verse 22 was kindled because he went. But God had just said, don't go. But here's the whole point. He said, if they call you. See, God says, if they say, if they come to thee and call these, rise up and you can go. But Balaam Balaam heard what he wanted to hear. And that's some of the things that get us caught up as Christians. When God is speaking to us, we hear just enough of what's going to appease us and we leave the rest alone because he said, if they call you, then you can go. But it didn't say in the next scripture that they called him. It just says he got up and went. And that's why the God was angered against him. That's why he didn't, he, he heard what God said, but he just took the part of what he wanted to take and said, God going to bless this. God going to bless it. God is not going to bless mess. Amen. God is not going to bless us if we do half of what he say because the other half is appeasing our flesh. Okay, so uh, God told me to, I'm just going to say give. God told me to give $100 and I'm only going to give $99 because I got to go get me a cheeseburger after church. God said get a whole thing. And I'm not saying that God is telling me to come up here and take up money. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to do... Take the whole counsel of God and do what he's called us to do. So then we know that the donkey saw the angel and Balaam and his eyes was on the uh, money. Balaam's eyes was on money. He wanted that money. He knew that the king had a lot because if you can send a group of people back and forth several times, you got some money, a whole band of people. When you look at the the oxen and the rams, you know, um, those were... Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me not go there. And so the next thing that happened was when Balaam got to Balak, he said, go and let's do a sacrifice on the mountain. Now, we know that he was very rich, Balaam, because those oxes and those rams, those were about $300 a piece back then. He had 1,400 of them or 14 of them. That comes to $4,200. And so you're going to go in one sacrifice on the mountain, which they went to the mountain of Baal, and sacrifice 700 oxen, excuse me, seven oxen, seven rams, which means that was $4,200 worth of livestock you sacrificing back then. That's a lot. 300, I mean. And they did it three times in all, so that was like $4,200 worth of sacrifice, and this man was getting mad. So the first thing he did, the first altar in verse 2241, it says that, and it came to pass on the morning now that Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high place of Baal, and thence that he might see the uttermost part of the people. So he took him up there so he could see, okay, so these are the people I want you to curse, and then I'm going to build an altar, and I'm going to put these rams and these oxen on here, and I want you to sacrifice them, and maybe God will speak you you think about this he took him to a place a high place but that was Baal's place that was where and I'm thinking to myself I wanted to he take him up there to try to say okay God you on my territory now what you gonna do think about that he took him up there to Baal's place and then he also went to uh, look at 23, 14, and 15. And then he said unto Balak, stand here by the burnt offering while I meet the Lord yonder. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, go again to Balak, thus said. And when he came unto him, behold, he stood by his burnt offering and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said, 
what has God spoken? And he took up his parable and he said, rise up, Balak, and hear. He said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Has he, can he, shall he not do it? Or has he has not spoken it? And shall he not make it good? In other words, God already said that they blessed. He already said, and so God already said it. Has he already not done it? And see, the, one of the reasons that I believe that Balak also wanted them cursed is because when they came out of Israel, they came out with the goods. And he wanted what they had. People would try to curse you. They would try to uh, throw you under the bus and do all time of things because they want what you got. And they mad because they can't get it. But how many of us know that if God has cursed you, the enemy can't reverse what God has done? Hallelujah. You cannot curse what God has blessed. And if you look at 23, 18 and 19, let's go over there. It says, for they vexed, excuse me, 23. It says, and he took up his parable. Excuse me, I already read that. Sorry about that. And he goes on to say in 20, behold, I have received command to bless. And he has blessed it, and I cannot reverse it. And once God has blessed us, it can't be reversed. Even if you look in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says, If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord and keep his commandments, all the blessings will come upon you. A lot of times people don't get it because they're not hearkening to his voice. They're not keeping the commandments because nowadays, apostle, we want to pick and choose what we do for God. If it's comfortable, we want to do it. And God is saying, Keep all the commandments, and then my blessings will be upon you. If you go to verse 23, uh, verse 25, it says, And Balak said unto Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them. So in other words, what he's saying, If you're not going to do what I told you to do, what I brought you here to do, then forget it. Don't curse them or don't bless them. But see, you can't do what God has not called you to do. Balaam couldn't go any further than what God would let him go. And then he took them up on Peor, and they also worshiped Baal there in that high place. You know, and he also, again, I believe said in here, I got God on my turf where Baal was, and then I took him to Pisgah, which is also where Moses went and looked over and saw the promised land, but he couldn't enter in. And then he took him on the high mountain of Baal. So here we go again with him trying to get Balaam to curse what God has already blessed. Many people don't understand that if I am walking in the anointing of God in my life, I'm already blessed. I'm not moving to the left. I'm to the right. But when we start deviating, divinating from what, excuse me, deviating from what God wants us to do, we get out from under that supernatural protection and we start doing stuff. And then we start experiencing stuff that should not be happening to us. That's because we got into somewhere we aren't supposed to get into. When you look at Numbers chapter 25, the one thing that could not happen was they could not curse God's people. They couldn't curse God's people. No matter how Balak tried, there was nothing he could do to get Balaam to curse God's people. But when he got to Numbers 25, Israel fell into idolatry through fornication, physical fornication, which also produced a spiritual idolatry. And that's something we have to look at. You start doing stuff that is out of the will of God. If the enemy can't get you in one place, he'll try to get you somewhere else. If you look in the Old Testament at the um, priests that were uh, Eli's sons, Hophni and Pinehas, they were presumptuous. They tried to, they were doing all type of stuff. They were in sin. They went into battle, but they took the ark, assuming that because they had something of God that it was going to save them. It did not. God had already said, get your house in order, clean it up. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to keep our temples holy, keep them clean. So when the enemy comes in and tries to steal your joy, when he tries to take you out of your spot, all of a sudden that spirit of God will rise up on the inside of you and say, no, I'm going to stay where God has called me to. I'm not going to be like the people in the Old Testament that went their own way, did their own thing, and they got a reward for what they did. Because I'm going to stay blessed. I'm not going to do anything outside the will of God. So when we see Balak and Balaam and all of this here, excuse me. When we see Balak and Balaam, 
we realize that God is already blessed his people. You are God's chosen people and you are blessed. But the enemy would have you to think otherwise just because situations come up. When Jesus went to the cross, he said it was finished. All of the stuff that the devourer, the destroyer is trying to do, Jesus finished it at the cross. Healing was finished. Deliverance was finished. Salvation was finished. There is nothing now that we don't have access to because Jesus finished it. He sealed it and it belongs to us. I remember when I was going through in my body, you know, I was taking pain pills and all type of medication and I was wavering back and forth saying, God, your word says that I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when I come and when I go, blessed in my body. I'm supposed to be blessed, but yet I'm going back and forth. I'm wavering. So one day I had to say, God, if you are God, then I need you to really heal me. I need to. But what I had to do was step out on faith. And say, God, I'm going to trust you with my body. I'm going to trust you in every situation. And what God, he began to literally manifest healing in my body. That's being blessed. I don't know about you, but when you're sick, when you're ill, when you got issues, that's to me is like a curse in my body. I was in a wheelchair. To me, that was a curse. But when I begin to get what the Bible says, what Jesus did at the cross, the finished work, I begin to realize I don't have to take what the enemy is putting out. I can receive what God has already done for me. I can receive the healing. I can receive the deliverance. I can walk in the blessings. The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make us rich and add no sorrow to it. But we want to pick and choose what blessings we want. Many people go after the financial blessings, but the spiritual blessing is going to cost you something. The spiritual blessing is going to cost a dying of the flesh and doing what God has called us to do. Amen. It's going to kill our flesh. It's a lot of different type of blessings in the word, spiritual, physical, emotional, financial, but all those blessings. Once God blesses you, you cannot be cursed, but you can curse yourself. You can walk right up under the blessing of God and get into some foolishness. And then all of a sudden, things begin to crash and burn. And what God is saying today, don't be like the uh, Moabites. You know, now, one of the things I want to go back and talk a little bit about when they were, uh, when he thought that they, when King Balak thought that they were going to be blessed, they were already, it was related to the Israelites. He, they wasn't going to, God wasn't going to mess with them. They were related to them. And so we have to know that God has already set us up for the blessing, but we got to walk in it. We have to make sure that we are not walking in a way that we should not be walking in. We can't be doing stuff we should not do because Jesus already went to the cross and delivered us. Amen. How many of you have been delivered for real? Hallelujah. Delivered. I said delivered for real. Are there things still in your mind, in your spirit that, you know, keeps calling you or pulling you away where you want to do this or that and not what God has said? Do it. So every time I step over here to do God's will, it's something pulling me back. That's sometimes what we call a besetting sin. Every time I'm over here. And that's why we have to renew our minds in the word. And Jesus said when he was here, he said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So my thing is, why are we not walking in the abundant life that Jesus would have us to walk in? Why are we not walking in that abundant life? And another thing that came to me when I was uh, coming here this morning, I was thinking about the Bible when it says that miracles and wonders follow them that believe. So if a church is not teaching kingdom and there are no signs and wonders and miracles happening, what is going on? What gospel is being preached for real? I want to be somewhere where I can be delivered, healed, and set free. Amen. I want to be somewhere when I come into the house, the spirit of the Lord, I will light my fire. And if you ain't been lit up lately, it's your fault. Because the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord has been here. Every Sunday he visits us. So if we walk out of the door without being ignited for him, that's on us. He came, he fulfills his part, but it's on us if we don't receive what God is doing. And that's what he wants to do today. He wants to light your fire again. How many of us know that he will do it? They don't act like they believe it, apostle. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, he'll do it. He did it for me. When my fire was going out, he did it for me. 
When I made my way down to North Carolina from Michigan, my fire was almost out. I was tired. I could barely make it. When I came through the door, I was still seeing double vision because I had had a stroke. But I took the patch off my eye before I got here. And I said, God, I don't care. I'm going. I'm going to church. I got to get there. Because I knew that there was something that I needed from God that I couldn't get for myself. So I had to get to the place where I knew the power of God was. I had to get to the place. I had to press past the devourer. I had to press past the destroyer. I had to press past everything that was not like God to get to where I needed to be to get what I needed. What are you willing to press past today to get to where God wants to give you what he wants to give you? Is it your friends? Is it your family? Is it your job? What is it God is saying today that's holding you back from the cross for real? Because if you're blessed, can't nobody curse you. So stop being scared. Stop being afraid of people. The Bible says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And you notice the first word is power. And then love. And then a sound mind. That means that I'm not vacillating back and forth between two opinions. I'm not on fire for God today. And then tomorrow, I'm like, well, God, I don't know if you're going to deliver me today because, you know, no, God is an on-time God. He's a very particular God. And when he said it, that's it. So I had to get to the place. See, a lot of people won't get that testimony, apostle, especially another leader. They won't hardly say, and the apostle shares our testimony all the time, that they needed help. They needed God to fix them. People don't, they want to be so looked at as perfect. But fix me, Jesus. Fix me, God. So that I can be fit for the masters. You see, when Jesus came. He came so he could make us fit for his use. So he could indwell in us. So that no matter what come, what come if you, or go, if you look in, uh, let's see, Psalms chapter 1. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, the reason why you got so many unhappy people is depressed people, unhappy people, people with all kind of stuff going on in their bodies is because they have not delighted themselves in the Lord. See, a lot of people want to delight themselves in my issue because they get me attention. So I'm going to delight in that and I'm going to talk about that issue until I can't talk about it no more because after all, I serve a God that can heal, but that's for somebody else. Huh. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. Deliverance. Hallelujah. And so when we delight ourselves in him, and the scripture goes on to say, it says, and he shall be in Psalms 1 like a tree planted by the river of living water. Who is Jesus? The living water. What is the word? It's the water that we need to drink from. But we ain't planted and rooted nowhere. And we're going here to here to here. You're going to be ending up with some contaminated water. Because if you don't know what leader you sitting under, you just go because they got a big church, they got a big mouth. You know, I got a big mouth. I ain't talking about myself. <laughs> but if you go in places where the crowd go, you got to go back and think what the Bible says about broad is the way to destruction. And a whole lot of people are on that road. But on that narrow road, you ain't going to see but a few people here and there. A few real believers who want to die out to flesh and do what God has said. And it don't matter if you go get Balaam, you can go 800 miles and go get a Balaam. You still can't curse me because I'm blessed. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he finished it. He did it just for me. 
He made sure that I'm planted by the rivers of living water. And when you plant it, see, you know, when trees are planted by water, they will bend way over when the, when the, when the storm comes, but they won't break. But nowadays, Apostle, we see a lot of trees bending and breaking and snapping off because not only are they malnourished at the root, ain't nothing on the inside. Haven't you ever seen a tree that looked good on the outside, but if they cut it down, it's hollow on the inside? That's what's happening to the church today. The church has literally lost the fire of God and will not do what it takes to get it back because it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you getting in the word, turning off Facebook, get off all the social media for a season, turn your phone off, spend some time with the Lord. But a lot of people, Brother Elijah, they'd rather be empty and just look good. Just want to be looking good and dressed up and all this stuff. But there is nothing. There's a hollowness in the body of Christ. And Jesus did not die for you to be hollow. He didn't die for you to walk in a a cursed way. He died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not to be hollow, not to be shallow. He wants deep-rooted Christians that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you already know that the Spirit of God has raised up a standard. So all you got to do is say, you know what, I hear you. I hear you, Uh uh-huh, yeah. Because I know what my Bible says. The Bible says it's in him we move, we live, and we have our being. And if we're not moving in him, who are we moving in? If we're not moving in and being governed, remember what I said earlier about your thoughts will govern your actions. It'll govern how you act, how you react, and everything, and how what comes out of you defiles you, but not what goes in. If your thought life ain't, ain't, ain't right, you're going to be messed up because you'll be going every which and way. You'll be blown, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's why some people run around and go to places where they hear prophet is in town. And then they go up and then they get in that line. And the prophet say, I know 20 people in here got $20. Duh. That don't, that don't take, I mean, come on now, who ain't got $20? Most people got $20 in change somewhere. So they'll say, come on up and give the money and you will be blessed. I don't have to do that because I'm already blessed. I don't have to sit there and give all my money to a soothsayer, a divinator, somebody that's doing stuff that's not even of God because it looked like God. And can we, can we talk about what looks like God for a minute? If you look in Jeremiah chapter 23, it talks about those prophets that went, those prophets that said all this stuff to cause God's people to err, and they were doing stuff, but they weren't even sent by God. We have a lot of that today. And Jesus, when he came, he did not come for us to be taken aback by all this extra stuff that's going on nowadays. He didn't. When you talk about abundant life, Zoe life, that means I have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, faith of which there is no law. You don't, you can have as much of the fruit of the spirit as you want, but you know, if you are walking outside of the kingdom of God, there is an issue. We can't come in here on Sundays and act saved and then go out there on Monday and halfway be saved. You know, there's, there's three type of people in the world. There's saved folk. Save for real folk and sinners. Three types in the world. I've just come to that conclusion, and I say that because the save for real folks are set apart from the saved folk because the saved folks still want to do what Jesus went and died for. Drink, smoke, party, fornicate, adulter, all of that stuff. That's what some of the saved folk do. But then you got to save for real folks and say, I'm not doing that because according to the word, I'm not doing that because I'm convicted. And then you got the sinners that just do what they want to do. But when Jesus came, when he died, when he was raised from the dead, he said it is finished when he was on the cross. And that means all that stuff was done away with. All of the issues, the isms and the schisms were done away with. And then we crucify him afresh when we get all jacked up into stuff we shouldn't be in. Lying, cheating, stealing. Well, I ain't killed nobody. Well, you know, if you done broke one, you broke them all. 
<laughs> thank God for Jesus. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for forgiveness that he forgave our past, present, and future sins. Otherwise, we would be in a situation right now. So I give God the praise, the honor, and glory that not only does he want to give you life and light more abundantly, he wants to light your fire for real. He wants you to go out of here and say, watch me burn for Jesus. But one thing that I've noticed, Apostle, a lot of people are embarrassed. A lot of people are embarrassed. They won't even hardly get out there and and blast their music for the Lord. They don't want to say anything about Christ to somebody that they look up to at work or what have you because it may make them look bad. It may make people stop coming around them. And Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Let God light your fire today. Jesus didn't just die just to be dying. He did it for us. And he wants you to be healed. He wants you to be delivered. He wants you to be set free. He wants you to step away from all the stuff that's taking you away from him. And if you have to shut it down, if you have to shut your family down, shut the internet down, shut it down. Because we are coming up on a season right now where, like Apostle was saying, you don't know what's out there. I read an article about a disease that's out there now that their doctors don't even know what it is. They don't know how to get rid of it. They don't know where it come from. But people are getting it. So who better we know? We better know Jesus. We better know the healing power of Yeshua. Amen. So when things start happening, we can call on him. We don't want to just get ready. We want to stay ready. And we have to stay ready to meet our king, our savior, and our Lord. And don't let nobody tell you, you curse because you're not. If you're following God, let me put that in there. If you are serving God for real, there's nothing that the enemy can do. Will we have trials? Will we have tribulations? Will we have situations come up? Yes, we will. But we serve a God that has already gone before us. When Moses went to the um, Red Sea, it looked like it was something that was insurmountable. But God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. One of our problems is we don't want to stand still. That's the first thing we got to do is stand still and see his salvation And remember, what God has blessed, nobody can curse. Amen. Come on and give him some more praise. Isn't God still good? Isn't God still good? We're going to let you uh, go, but I have to say this. I was over there just shaking. Um, The Lord was showing me something. And we thank God for the awesome message Apostle Cross um, brought. And you needed to take that out with you because everything God has blessed, nobody can curse. But he reminded me of this. He gave me three witnesses. God said, nobody in this building today have to leave out the same. And this is what he was showing me with these three witnesses. God says healing in this room. And it's healing right now. Not waiting on it no more. God said it's here right now. And the three witnesses he gave me, he gave me the woman with the issue of blood. She went through 12 years. But she had to make up in her mind that she was not going through that anymore. She spent all her money on physicians for 12 years. And no one could heal her. But when she heard about Jesus, see, the man that I'm talking about, the price was already paid for every sickness, every disease, everything that you can even imagine, it was already paid for. He took it upon himself, meaning that we don't have to take what he already took. So this woman for 12 years, some of you been going through the same issue for 12 years. And God said, you don't have to leave out of here the same. Then he showed me a woman that had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bent over, could not lift herself up. But when Jesus came in on the scene, there was power there to heal this woman that had that spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Then there was another man laying beside the pool of Bethesda. 
And he laid there. He was there 38 years. Coming to that same pool. Could nowhere lift himself up. His excuse was when the water is troubled. I don't have nobody to take me to the pool. 38 years. Jesus listened to the excuse. And the only thing he said was rise up. Take up your bed. Come on. It's just that simple. I'm telling you right now. God said you are the healed of the Lord. That's the word. You just got to take it. God is giving you the prescription right now. Your 12 years, your 18 years, your 38 years is over. So whatever sickness you have, God said you are made whole right now in the name of Jesus. Healing has come into this building. Don't you leave out the same. You don't have to go another moment. Another second in that condition. Because he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. And I am God and not man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I shall repent. God said, have I not spoken it today? Shall I not do it today? Shall I not make it good? So everything that's going on in your body. I speak healing right now in Jesus name. I speak rise up and walk. I speak come off your bed of infirmity right now in Jesus name. Because by Jesus Christ, you were already healed. Healing is the children's bread. God said the lame is walking. The blind is seeing. The deaf is hearing. You are the heal, not going to be. Healing has taken place right now. God said, receive it in Jesus' name. Now, guess what? He's given you the word, and it's up to you to take it. Nobody have to lay hands on you. It's a done deal. It's already done. It was done over 2,000 years ago. I speak to bipolar. I say, go in the name of Jesus. I speak to every mind-boggling spirit. I say, go right now in the name of Jesus. Minds are being released right now in Jesus' name. God has done the work. Anxiety disorder, go in the name of Jesus. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Crippling arthritis, go in the name of Jesus. Heart trouble, go in the name of Jesus. Every birth defect, go in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. That is already done. Asthma, go in the name of Jesus. Sinus infections, go in the name of Jesus. It's already done. It's already done because God says it's already done. Take your healing and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. To God be the glory. It is just that easy. You just have to receive it. They received it. They received it. Did y'all not know? They received it. He didn't push it on them. They just received what was already there. God said he's already here. He's in the room. Oh, God, I give you glory. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Y'all, we just need to receive what already belonged to us. And when God speak a word, you have to take that word and know that that word will heal, deliver, and set free. Amen. At this time, do we have any announcements before we go into our tithes and offering? Any new announcements at this time?